it often does not happen from the inside. But if China is first or makes a higher offer, then should we really blame China? Or is it kind of a failure of us? People often reject to believe what they don't understand or what scares them. With Dragonfolio China, you have the unique chance to truly understand a frequently misconceived country and an inevitable shift in the 21st century. Just lean back and enjoy a fascinating journey through China that will astonish and reward you. All right, Niemann Hao guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Dragon for Your China podcast. My name is Eric, and today I will talk about reason number five of why you should care more about China. And today's episode is actually closely related to some of the previous episodes, but because the topic is so important and often has so much attention, I definitely want to mention it separately and talk about it today. And that is the increasing Chinese influence through the investments and so-called bulk purchases overseas. Interesting enough here is that a lot of Westerners, on one hand, they're very excited about this because they largely benefit by the inflowing money. But on the other hand, they fear that China buys up the entire planet and eventually becomes too powerful. So what do we really observe right now and what is really happening and why? First of all, you have obviously an increasing purchase power in China. You don't only have the super rich people in China, but you also have a rising middle class that is rising rapidly. They have more and more money and they want to spend it and not just spend it for commodities, they invest it. So from the private side, there's an increasing demand, but of course you also have a commercial side with a lot of companies who have cash, partly based on debt, sure, but they have cash and they want to invest it as well. And when Chinese buy and invest, that really means all kinds of assets. In a, let's say, private consumption, you have goods like milk powder. A lot of Western countries, they were suddenly short of milk powder when there was a peak in demand. And then we were quite shocked that China has such an enormous impact already on their life because suddenly the supermarkets were empty. The same can happen to any other product that you see in the supermarket, basically. If China suddenly now is short of pork, you also might suddenly experience this. And this is going to increase because China's relying already on a lot of imports as well. It's not just they are exporting, they're also importing a lot. So you will more and more feel if China has a certain need or issue that might also impact your life. But of course, right now, what we are more afraid of and what we experience in a way larger scale in many cases is the commercial side. So Chinese invest in real estate, businesses, resources, commodities, intellectual property, you name it. And this is not just a Chinese phenomenon. People are investing all over the world, especially those with money. That's nothing new because they want to explore new markets and especially Chinese now, they love to seize opportunities outside of the own market and eventually make money with this. My personal attitude is that from an economic perspective, this is fairly legitimate because following the law of supply and demand, you can buy whatever the market allows. Of course, assuming you got the money in a legal way, so you earn it or you inherited it, then you can spend it if there is somebody who is selling it. You make an offer and then somebody is selling it. This is something we should, of course, keep in mind. Okay, and then 
Obviously, with all these investments and purchases, you have a lot of positive effects on the economies as well. Because at the end, what happens is you transfer capital from China to the West. It increases the demand, it stimulates the economy, and in most cases, you have a certain trickle-down effect. So it's not only the person who receives the money in the first place that is taking advantage, but also some other people. And in Germany, for instance, I know there are a lot of companies, especially mid-sized companies, they would be lost. Nobody wanted to invest in them and they had huge financial issues. And in many cases, it were Chinese investments that saved these companies and consequently a lot of jobs. So apart from the very obvious, the capital transfer and maybe collaboration, it also really can help to save and create jobs. Up to this point, I think you would agree. But I know that just like many people you might have in mind, but the problem is they're stealing knowledge and they're blundering resources. That's the primary chain of thought that many people have whenever Chinese come and want to buy and invest. And I understand this because did it happen before? Yes, absolutely. Is it very immoral? Absolutely. But what you observe recently is a different approach. Lately, China is way more focusing on making systematic investments in especially so-called hidden champions. So they look more for these companies which are not really, let's say, on the surface, which do not have so much public attention, but which are extremely important. So especially smaller and mid-sized tech companies. That is what they are looking for in all kinds of countries. And they're not looking anymore for just transferring the knowledge instantly and just making quick and high returns with spin-offs or something like this. What they now really try is they look for expertise. They look for how are the companies working. They partly built up the same back in China. And so they really try to get a long-term technological transfer. Yes, China is doing this. But here's the funny thing about it. And I take Germany as an example here because I have really good figures and insights. In 2015, there was a turning point where suddenly the investments from China and Germany exceeded the investments from Germany and China. So what has happened here? Before, we of course also tried to seize opportunities overseas, just like many other Western countries, of course. We were one of the first Western countries who ran to China, who wanted to exploit what is there. We invest a lot. And yes, it's possible to invest in China. There's some limitations, but of course, countries did this all the time. And now China is basically reinvesting some of the money that we first brought to China. Because now they have a different position. They also have a different stage in terms of their development. So now some of the money that we brought in our pockets to China is now coming back. And now they invest in us. And of course, they can do this now in a very different way because the economy is so large. So this is for me, it's a development that you cannot really stop anymore. And of course, the big issue here is for a lot of companies that are not sure how should they treat these companies. Should they see them as serious competition? Should they see them as partners? Should they see them as allies? That's a bit hard to answer. But I think despite this complexity, you must also see certain chances here. It's a good chance to restructure you in certain fields 
And a lot of these companies that we call hidden champions or that we say our economy is so proud of and stuff like this, the truth is that not all of them are operating so efficiently. And sometimes it needs a certain reorganization, restructuring process. And as a matter of fact, it often does not happen from the inside. If China is first or makes a higher offer, then should we really blame China? Or is it kind of a failure of us? I think it's worth it to spend at least some thoughts about this. What I hate way more than the investments that I just described are very senseless investments. And they happened a lot in the past, especially led by those SOEs, state-owned enterprises in China. They didn't have any strategic sense. They were partly, I think, well, the target was to make money and to gain power. But in fact, it turned out to be the opposite. And sometimes I think this was more an initiative of people who had a lot of money and who wanted to do it for fun. They wanted to play around. And that is something that I think it must stop. But of course, the government in China, they saw this already and they heavily reduced it because this was indeed heavily financed by debt or so unstrategically that a government said, hey, you must stop here. This is not how we are going to develop China. And so they stepped back here already and rather try to focus really on their key areas and their major targets. One last aspect that is important here, now I switch kind of to the other side, is that China, of course, also has to further open up itself. And we must claim this. I will make a separate episode about this topic because it's so important and there's a lot to say about it. But I mean, at the end, it's it's a personal decision. But we often believe that Chinese go to the West, they invest and buy, and we cannot do the same there. And that's wrong. You and me, we have a lot of opportunities to also invest in China. And smart people already do this for a long time, not just the big money. There are a lot of ways. And it's getting easier and easier, but we have to be persistent here and really enforce it somehow. But as a matter of fact, the Chinese handwriting continues to spread literally all over the world and its influence just through investments will further increase. You might have to work for Chinese one day. You might have to deal with Chinese. Maybe it's just your co-workers, maybe even with a Chinese boss. You might do business with Chinese because you cannot just afford to maybe go without the next opportunity that is in China or that is to make business with Chinese. Successful people, they already know this and they do it, of course. China invests in us and we can invest in them. But, of course, it's also again about mutual understanding. We are often scared of both Chinese coming over, but also we are going to China. However, with more courage, which comes from understanding as well, of course, and your own experience. Both sides can, in many, many cases, benefit from each other and from the entire undertaking. So don't be afraid and seize new opportunities, both directions, when Chinese come, but also when you go to Chinese. Don't be naive, of course, but I'm very convinced those who are positive about this development and who are the early adopters... Those are the winners of tomorrow and of this globalization progress that you cannot stop anyways. And again, today, I want to end up this episode with a short quote. You're not rich until you have something money can't buy. 
And that's it for this episode. If you want to support me in my channel, please leave me a 5-star rating on your podcast app and share it with other folks. I think it's a really important topic, so more people should listen to it. Thanks for that, and I'll see you in the next episode.